Tell us your theories about what really happened to JFK. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I got some. I got some. So I just, I just read the Don DeLillo book Libra, which is, it's all about that stuff. I, w- I went crazy about that recently. Oh Ooh. shit! Okay, it is pretty crazy. I would um, like a you... Paul W S Anderson film about JFK. That's what I would like. Oh, there you go. Now Mila Jovovich would have you believe <laughs> that. Uh... Hello and welcome to Masters of Our Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. And this week we are joined by a very special guest, all the way from Down Under. It's Jack Venning. How are you doing? Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure to have you here. Uh, um, so, so Milo is uh, Milo is hungover and looks oh, like he's going to man, die. It's so bad. Um, I, it's one of the worst hangovers I've had in in years. I am in uh, I am in a gigantically good mood for no particular reason. Mm. Um, it's contrasting, and I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> kind of sapping the mm. energy from you. You're my you're my you're my kind of blood like blood yeah. boy. I'm yeah. just sitting here, just absorbing Jack, your miasma. For, for your benefit, and I think also for the benefit of the listener, I'm not really a big drinker. So it's okay. very rare that I have a hangover because I simply don't get into the situation which would cause a hangover. Interesting. Uh, but last night, uh, uh, Tom, our Irish studio tech, uh, we went out, we had like a rap party for this video podcast series we've been making. And um, he just he just somehow tricked me into doing a lot of a lot of shots like late in the day tricked you yeah and, it, and it's really it's it's really upset my uh equilibrium you could say are you are you at a certain the are you at the age now when you can't survive hangovers either um i think i'll get through it but okay it's not it's not good it's you, not what you haven't got to, you haven't situation. got to the two-day era not yet i don't think I have had the odd two-day one, got, but you've, you've got, got to be another, so bad for that. You've got, another, you've got another couple of years before you're really in your two-day era. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. Can't be. I doing don't want that it. at all. Phoebe has just fed me a Smartie, which was a pleasant. Yeah. It was a brief. It was a brief window of a child, childlike whimsy. Yeah. In what has otherwise <laughs> been quite an ordeal <laughs> like, of a morning. Like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about just like holding it out, like like you're mm. a kind of sort of like you're a sparrow or a squirrel. Or something, or something of the sort. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, Phoebe does have this energy of like, like sort of like the naughty child in class. Like she's always got some smarties on the go or whatever. <laughs> um, it's good. Is she um, is she buying your loyalty? That's what I used to do. Oh no, a, no. I'm just always, being, that's why I'd kind. have. I'd buy, I used to buy lifesavers, and I'd, okay. I'd always have like a couple couple bucks left over. I had this little store that I didn't. That my my mum would give me money for. Um, Food of the tuck shop, as we called it, mm. and I'd use the I'd use the remainder to kind of spin spin a little uh, wicked web of, um, oh. of relationships. Complex, used to pay people complex off with network You're a of uh, network mm. of uh, of of favors, secrets, mutually yeah. assured destruction. It was there was a, a much of it was um, people. I, I I used to um, accept hugs for it. This is really this is like a, oh. a very. 
this is like a very buried memory. This is something I don't like to think about, but I, when I was sort of 13 or 14, I would sort of, I would, I would sort of buy friendships with these, um, with these lifesavers. But I did, I, I thought of myself afterwards. I think I, I, I coped with the memory by, by telling myself that I was a, um, I was, you know, I was like the puppet master. You're like a scheming mm. medieval duke. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just wants to, you know, just wants he just, to he just, want, he just wants a hug. God. But also really we'll, wish- we'll bring you down. We, we've got three musketeers brain. <laughs> you're like a scheming medieval duke. Like that's the first place that you're. Well, they're not, they're not medieval. They're much later. No, that three is musketeers. true. It's sort of a pre-industrial revolution, kind of late, late, <laughs> early modern period. revolution duke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We've got cardinal brain. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I'd never heard of this movie before. There, well, for every, not for every decade quite, but like nearly every decade since the seventies has produced some manner of, some manner of kind of musketeer, some quantity of marginalia. Um, mm. The nineteen seventies one is really really fun. Um, it is if you want to hear more about this, uh, then uh, subscribe to our mm. to our Patreon where you will uh, be able to get your hands on Movie Corner. I don't know oh, if that's yeah. going to be out by the time this is out. I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But the nineteen seventies yeah. one is this like real like kind of all star blockbuster it's got mm. um michael york it's got oliver it's michael got oliver. york yeah that's yeah. not what he sounds like at all at all at all mm-hmm. uh, it's your only voice failure and it's your only consistent voice failure I you think. don't have to die you could live it doesn't sound like michael <laughs> that's not what michael york sounds like fucking hell it's got uh, it's got oliver reed it's got richard chamberlain it's got raquel welch it's got faye dunaway it's got christopher lee it's got charlton heston um and it's and it's like it's really really bizarre because it's got this kind of like fantastic like swashbuckling soundtrack. Spike and Milligan. It's got Spike Milligan oh, wow. in it for some reason. <laughs> well, he he is like <laughs> the James some, Corden kind of, of the seventies. Yeah, um, right. Literally not not exactly because he doesn't play Planchet. He doesn't play the servant. He plays uh, Constance's kind mm-hmm. of cuckolded husband. Um, but it's <laughs> it is a it is a fucking bizarre. And just truly, truly excellent film. And the 2011 one is um, a kind of steampunk take mm. on the original, but Everyone's they changed the in story. A different movie. Everyone's it's... in a different movie. But yeah, um, for more on that, um, why not upgrade to the five dollar tier? Um, that's a, that's a, from our marketing team over at Phoebe Towers. Yeah, that's 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 um, right. Um, yeah. So this week, uh, the episode of Seinfeld, which is under under discussion, under the under the lens, under the microscope of this podcast, is season eight, episode three, the Bizarro Jerry. Um, now the problem with this episode is it's a kind of yin and yang episode. Mm. It's kind of it's sort of it's darkness and light. The the framing device, the Bizarro Jerry and the Bizarro Jerry's friends, mm. great, love it. The fact that uh, the fact that they all start in the same place and then their storylines diverge and then come back together—beautiful, lovely writing, marred somewhat by Jerry's storyline, which is which is which is just transphobic. It's just a transphobic storyline, and it's a it's a it's a rare misstep considering it's a considering it's a '90s sitcom. Like it's not like mm. it's not like. As, as as bad as it is in Friends, which is literally just like 
oh, ah, ah, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's much more like, oh, like, are you, are you yeah, it's serious? More, it's more transphobic in its implications than it. I don't think <laughs> it was, I don't think based on it that it's like the joke they're trying to make is about trans people, if you see what I mean. But no, obviously no, no, the it, joke it, that they're making about women is sort of implicitly a bit transphobic. It's, it's. I mean, the, 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 like the joke, we will, we will get into this. The yeah. joke is that Jerry is seeing this, this, this beautiful woman who he thinks has hands like a man and he calls her man hands. And there are lots of shots of obviously somebody, like somebody else's hands. Um, and they're kind of preternaturally strong and you know, and kind of hideous, sort of hideous and and masculine, and it is not like the joke is not specifically mm. she is trans and therefore she has hands like a man. That's not the joke. Not that all mm. trans women do. It's not. That's not what I mean. You understand what I mean. You understand what I mean. Come on. Yeah. You understand what I mean. Um, come on. The come, on come on. You understand. <laughs> you understand. You understand what you understand. You understand what I mean here. But that's that's not the joke. But the joke is, wouldn't it be funny if? a woman had hands that are kind of masculine coded like isn't that that's that's the joke like you can't get around the fact that that is the joke it's very cheap it's very broad and it's just yeah it's not ideal i feel like there could be something else that is wrong with this woman that that doesn't have yeah isn't it it's it's funny how how they uh it's not just that it's like a, a sort of a little quirk or peculiarity it's immediately the mm. most disgusting thing you could possibly imagine yeah as well, yeah, it's like yeah. it's, it's it's completely repulsive. I was kind of I'd, I'd completely forgotten that. Like I'm always caught off guard when um, I'm reminded by reminded of how like mean television was. Like yeah. how, how not just sort of like mm. it's really sort of like they they don't give a shit at all. Mm. Um, when you are uh, like looking back at uh, I guess stuff from from this era out of out of nowhere, like stuff you know trying to. I mean, you can watch stuff like like Glee feels. Mm. Feels very recent, and that's man. That was such a weird show. Yeah, such it was such a weird show. Also, the 2011 era into intertextuality Mm. with the Three Musketeers movie. Yeah, yeah, and and very much of the same of the same bent. I think what I think is weird about watching Glee is there was a sort of very short period of time when, like, it felt like everybody loved it, and then just out of nowhere, people stopped loving it. It was like Mm. it was like there was a kind of collective gas leak. And like one mm. day someone just like, should that tap be on? I don't think that tap should be on. Turn it off. And then everyone's like, oh, well, what the fuck? What the fuck was I watching? Jesus it, Christ. It, it <laughs> welcome so abruptly. You're right. There's there's a point where we, me, me and my partner have sort of recently rewatched it. I, my, mm. Myself, so for the first time experienced a lot of it, though I was amazed by how much I'd actually sort of picked up mm. of it from mm. um, just sort of being in the same room uh, as it's on in, there was a point where I said, like, okay, you know, we can sort of tap out of this now. And she kept on saying, like, no, you you don't understand how bad this can get. Like, you you have no concept of how insane this show can be. Mm. And you're right. It's like it turned people off really quickly, it seems. Mm. And then it just kept going for years and years well, and I think, years. I think, it st- like, I think people went off it when one of the, ac- one of the actors got done for – Child porn, I think. Yeah. Or oh, was that after? Um, that was that, was the show still shooting at that finished. point? Mate, what it, a, you know what? What a way. The, the subway, the subway, Jared the trajectory. Three of the main characters do- mm. have died in the yeah. intervening 
years and like the young well, and like, it's like young it's like a fucking Tarkovsky well. movie like he was using so many dangerous chemicals on it's set like, they all got mesothelioma it's like the, it's like the fucking crow or the exorcist that set that set was mm. was cursed by you'll uh you'll be yeah. pleased to learn that there's a very Ancient very devilry. mediocre there's a very mediocre um documentary that came out recently in the last six months Ooh. it's on i think it's, it's on hulu or something like that we had to get mm. a vpn to, to even watch it um Anything and shit's it, always on Hulu, isn't it? Yeah, it's, always, God, it's yeah. great. They, they they can't get any of the. They obviously couldn't get any of the big names. Um, so the only people, the people who are actually doing the talking heads for it are, um, there's like a set builder who was on it for a while. There's a right. makeup person who was on from season two and like on season two and season three, and there's a couple of extras and like that's it. And they talk to um this sort of sheriff of the county that um uh is sort of one of the actors sort of died in that who was kind of doing the investigation and mm. they've got an entire section where they go out on a boat onto the lake that she disappeared into yeah it's mm. it's it's insane it's a but very she, very she, 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 that is she a died, very mad concept. she died trying yeah. to trying to save her kid who yeah son, into the water yeah. but yeah re- that's yeah. that that was really 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 sad that mm. was awful yeah, um, but you know but you know what now i think about it i feel like all of the scandal around it happened after it stopped shooting i think mm. it was more that there was just this weird kind of collective kind of uh, <clears throat> kind of like bump mm. awake when just one mm. day everyone's just like we're not watching glee anymore we are no longer doing that we want instruments again yeah. we're sick of acapella that's that's over God, we're done acapella. the, the acapella really, can't deal with it the acapella era it's, music's better when it's capella like I, I, I'm I, a big. I prefer, that's why I they invented capella. the concept of capella, um, and there's no need to be doing it without the instruments. I once um, was obliged to see an a cappella group that was performing at, at Edinburgh, and uh, oh no! And it was uh, it was <clears> a a cappella group. The uh, I can't remember what they were called. They were called something fucking stupid. But they were the um, the University of Oxford a cappella group. Out and of they the blue. Were, I think I've come across them before. They, they were girls, though. So they were called oh. like, I don't know, like... Out of the pink. Pink clowns or something. Like, pink I don't know. clowns? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That it would was be such an enjoyably weird name awful. for an a cappella group. Um, right. Like, I don't, I don't need to tell you what the demographic makeup of the University of Oxford a cappella girls group was. But there were ten girls, and they all looked exactly the fucking same. And they and they helped out with that by wearing matching uniforms. And um, there was a, and there was a oh there was a there was a Nicki Minaj bit, and at least a couple of them tried to do like uh, like Nicki Minaj hands as mm. part of it. And this is not something. It's very look. Doing Nicki Minaj hands is very much like white baby. You cannot be doing that. You cannot be doing the Nicki Minaj hands. It's not allowed. I mean, the episode where Jerry dates the woman with Nicki Minaj hands is an, un- it's is an it unfortunate, unfortunate Minaj phobic episode. Yeah, Minaj um, Artois. It's a good episode. Yeah. But, um, um, so yeah, so it's an, so it's an unfortunate episode, and it's a real shame because the concept of the Bizarro Jerry is, I think, I think very funny. I think it's very good. Um, I'm curious about actually the expression bizarro because it's very American. It's from Superman. Oh, is that what it yeah. is? Right, yeah. Because I'm always hearing it referenced, but I've never seen the no, original no, no. reference. No, 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 no. It's from it's from Superman, and in actually in this episode when Jerry identifies that Elaine has befriended the bizarro Jerry, um, 
Elaine's like, what the hell are you talking about? And uh, and he says, oh, well, you know, it's, it's the bizarro Superman. You know, everything is opposite. He says, uh, he says goodbye when he mean when he means hello. And she said, shouldn't it be bad bye? Isn't that the opposite of hello? And mm. Jerry's like, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. And so Elaine starts like kind of needling him with like annoying questions and says like, does he live underwater? And Jerry says, no, 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 he doesn't. And then she says, is he black? And he, and, and Jerry's like, you you know what? Let's just stop. Let's just stop talking about this. Um, but yeah, so that's so that so that's a, that's a kind of fun little bit. And yeah, it's just it's just a shame that this storyline is kind of there, like sort of marring it a little bit. It mars the episode, mm. um, I think. But I will I will tell you what happens in the episode. Okay. Feel free to interject. Mm. Um, stories, comments, questions. Snatches of acapella and oh, so yeah. on and so forth. Ba, we'll, st- we'll start ba, scatting in ba, the background. Ba, ba, just on, uh, just ba. on that note before we move on. Um, yeah. I did. I, I think they're called the Oxford Bells. I think. No, I've, no, no, no. no yeah. Defin- this, this is, definitely this, had the word pink. Interesting. In them, um, the Oxford Bells. Uh, though on their website say that their um, top moments in recent years include performing at COP26, um, working with NBC to promote the release of Pitch Perfect Three. Um, and the release of their viral video, Girls Just Want to Have Fundamental Rights, which was, which they say here in uh, parentheses, oh. was noticed by Cindy Lauper herself. So that's good. Noticed. It yeah. was noticed. That, that's, such a, that's such a faint praise to shower on yourself. Noticed by Cindy doesn't, Lauper. Doesn't matter how she felt about it. Also, it makes it hmm. sound like Cindy Lauper had some kind of like surprise late in life far right conversion. Yeah. Like what? what? Or, or what? like they were like flashing her or something. Oh, she <laughs> yeah. noticed. Oh, all right. oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we got in Cindy Lauper's eye line. I can tell yeah. you, Cindy Lauper was quoted as saying, "Ah, <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I do think Glee has a lot to answer for. I think it's. I think it has retconned a but, number of things into British society, but, in particular, that weren't there before, and possibly a- Australian as well. I but, think it's had very little, very little effect here. Okay, which, which is surprising. Very little, very little cultural for one, impact. For one, acapella yeah. music. This was an American obsession. There were no, I'd, I'd never heard of fucking acapella groups before. Like the concept of it. There was a funny story that Glee, the TV show, tried to sh- sue the British comedy club chain Glee. Yeah. Um, for the name, and the Glee clubs pointed out that they had been around for like fifteen years before the TV show. Yeah, but Glee. remember, but like remember, like the idea of a school Glee club is like that's really, really old. That's like yeah, yeah, but it's also like an American thing. Old. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, getting it's to. an American yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of here, it doesn't have that. Yeah, weird connotation. But the uh, other but like, thing but is, presum- but presumably, the comedy club chain here is named after is like a kind of riff on the concept of the American high school glee club. Possibly, I don't know. It's not yeah. like stolen. You can't like yeah. you can't no. patent it. But the TV show also can't copyright a thing that already exists. I'll tell you like. this for nothing though. I still have quite a lot of the glee soundtrack on my gym playlist. Oh no! I will tell you that. Oh, I will no. cop to that. I will cop twenty six to that. Songs. It's got some bangers. It's got some bangers. Gwyneth Paltrow's version of uh, Cruising. Oh yeah, oh, no, that's from that's from the movie Cruising. What am I thinking of? No, She's, no, uh, uh, the, the 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 when she sings that when she sings the when she sings the song about how she wants to fuck to, yeah. the, to the teenagers and it's fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember what that? song it yeah, is. It's a movie about Cruising. In all <laughs> fairness, <laughs> in all fairness, the 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 Glee Britney special was pretty good. It was pretty good. 
I will mm. say that. I will say that for Glee. I don't recall. I detail. will reach back into my own gas leak, uh, my own time in the gas leak, and I will say that both the Britney and Madonna and Madonna uh, specials were, um, were, 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 were pretty good. There are also two songs that's retconned into the British imagination which is don't stop believing and i really think it has a lot to answer oh for there. yeah yeah you know what that, fuck don't stop believing that was also an american disease prior to don't 2010 stop, don't stop believing is really really rotten yeah i really think that it's like it's a sign of deep spiritual in, in britain rot. we if have mr hit... brightside we don't need don't stop believing yeah, it's tr- unnecessary no, but also to like mr brightside is objectively a much better song <laughs> Than Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing is annoying. You hear the opening bars of Don't Stop Believing and the worst, most spiritually degraded people you've ever met in your life are like, oh my God, Don't Stop Believing. But you hear Mr. Mm. Brightside. Bottomless brunch attendees. And that's the closest that we have in this country to really kind of real sort of public displays of solidarity. Because it doesn't matter who you are. You hear... The opening bars of Mr. Brightside, and I don't, I don't care what you've got going on, and you are singing mm. along to it. Um, and the other one along to it. is is Proud Mary, which I have no particular objection to as a song. What's Proud Mary? Well, yeah, what, quite. What's Proud Mary? So Proud Mary is it's a Credence Clearwater revival song, which was covered by uh, Tina Turner at some point in the eighties, and then by Glee. Uh, proud Mary, keep on turning, turning. You must, if you watch Glee, you must <laughs> be. Oh, this was like is. one of the big Glee numbers. I've well, never heard this. So, to, as you'll both recall, Tina Turner died recently. Yes. And in the UK, the UK radio non stop played Proud Mary, which is not only a cover, but also nowhere near her most famous song. But they played it constantly to the point where I barely heard Simply the Best. I barely heard What's Love Got to Do With It. I barely heard Nutbush City Limits in favour of, on British radio, Proud Mary, a song which, until Glee, I think no one in the UK had heard of. Nutbush City Limits? Yeah. Is that what Nutsford City Limits is a joke on? I never made that connection before. I don't know. That's a, that's a big one in Australia, Nutbush City Limits. We all had to mm. learn to dance to that in uh, primary school. Oh, that's cute. Mm. That's one of our <laughs> no, unofficial. No, 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 I like is that. that. like an official cultural that's thing. That's like the opposite of listening mm. to Don't Stop Believing by Journey. That's like that's like spiritually elevated. Yeah, it was yeah, little, yeah. Like little Australian kids dancing to Nutbush City Limits. That's From cute. like a really young age as well. Like I remember being in sort of grade three or four where did it, did it, at some stage of every school year, we would have to do a kind of a, learn a, an identical line dance, which didn't change up until line dance. I guess we aged out of it. Yeah, right. I think it was a coordination. I had to go to um, special coordination classes for fine and gross motor skills. Um, so maybe it was maybe it was something to do with um, what. Well, you had I, to I, do I the same line dance every year. Yeah, I mean so that was, was like that routine. was just that was universal. And apparently, this is that's okay. that's Australia wide. But it was like a sort of camp hacker. Yeah, it was <laughs> a. It, we didn't uh, didn't realize it was. It sounds how like kind of benign Hitler Youth. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was. I mean, we, we did have, we had a, a lot of the less benign Hitler Youth stuff streaming in there as well <laughs> yeah. while we were doing the dance. Yeah, yeah. while you're doing that, that's yeah, like kind of, part of it. They kind of softened it a little bit. Yeah, mm. cute. Goose stepping. We well we we used to have that with uh with the locomotion. Bit of cultural exchange for you, oh, yeah. Right, bit okay. of a bit of a bit of Aussie inception there. Yeah, I remember at primary school once being made to dance to uh, the ketchup song. Yeah. Wow. 
and also to uh, It's a Kind of Magic by Queen, both of which. Wasn't the catch up song by a band called Last, Last Ketchup? ketchup. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they maybe painted themselves into a bit of a corner yeah. there. Yeah. Mm. You, can, you, re- you really can only sing songs about ketchup if you called Last Ketchup, unfortunately. And yeah. then where'd you go once you've done the ketchup song? Yeah. You got to disband. The Ketchup Chronicles. Yeah, you could maybe do something about relish. I'll tell you what, the locomotion fucking goes. It still absolutely fucking goes. I'm not sure I know the song. It sounds familiar, but I can't can't play it in my head. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Come on, baby, do the locomotion. No? Honestly? No, no. Mine is looking at me like I've invented this song. Like I wish I was talented enough to have invented the locomotion from whole cloth. (laughs) I was going to say, I wish I was talented enough to do a full acapella rendition. (laughs) To be honest with you, there probably is an acapella version of the locomotion. Oh, uh, many. Yeah, it's a kind of 80s Kylie Kylie classic. Oh, okay. Oh, it's Kylie. It's Kylie. It's Kylie. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. Um, I, you Should probably we... would recognise it if you had. Anyway, okay, anyway. Right, yeah, anyway, Seinfeld. so the episode of Seinfeld, um, no dancing, none of the locomotion. No um, acapella. No, no acapella. Um, so we start with, it's not, it's not a bit, but as Myla correctly observed, we no longer have bits at the start, but we do mm. have... Uh, I'm very observant. We do have a little, we do have a little kind of joke portion, which is like nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Mm. So on this particular occasion, it is Jerry and George talking about um, whether or not they would prefer to be, if they were kidnapped by aliens, whether they'd prefer to be in the, the circus or the zoo. Um, Costanza says he'd prefer to be in the zoo. Because uh, you know he gets to kind of you know he gets to relax, he gets to kick back, and maybe they'll bring mm. him in a woman to mate with. You know that's much better than than the kind of the high energy performance of of being in the circus. Um, so I'm interested in what you both think think of this. Rather, rather be in the zoo or the circus? I think he's a, mm. I think he has it right with the zoo. Mm. I know maybe it's the he talks about the you know maybe they'll bring him a, a woman to mate with, which is sort of exactly the plot of. Um, you know the sci-fi elements of Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, probably, yeah, it is. And probably, yeah. and probably we'll a number of sort of, yeah. you know, like seventies yeah. sci-fi mm. kind of tropes. Yeah, um, doing an God, acapella. Yeah, yeah. It, it just I kept on it's, that. Really, I think that caught me off guard. It's the first episode of Seinfeld I've seen in years, mm. Mm. Um, and especially like one that I sat down to actually watch because it's always just you know it's always something yeah. that's sort of hovering around vaguely in you know the, in, it's ne- you're never far away from it. Um, and no. I was really caught off guard by I, I Sam Melbourne. You're never more that. than seven feet from Seinfeld. <laughs> from yeah. Um, I couldn't. Uh, I really couldn't get away from that portion. I think I was. I was expecting it to sort of go right into the sort of like the Seinfeldisms. Mm. I was thinking like mm. I'm actually. I, I was sort of stuck thinking about that for a little while because I was just picturing. Yeah. I was picturing maybe it being much more horrible than it sort of. Mm. Then how he's imagining. I was imagining like George being tortured when he was. Um, <laughs> When he's uh, when he's doing this, uh, do think, I think I, I think it's got to be the zoo. Yeah, yeah. it's got it's got to be the zoo. Do, do you think ever with the like bringing? Because I was just thinking, you know, if they're bringing in a woman for George to mate with, they've mm. probably like kidnapped a woman from you know the nearby area. It'd be like it'd be very funny if they bring this woman in and you're like, oh, it's my ex girlfriend. Like this, do you reckon that ever happens with the gorillas or the pandas? You know, they've oh, just got God, they've awkward. got some pre-existing beef with the other panda, and that's why they won't mate. Oh yeah, I think all the time. Pandas are horny. They actually just they have a lot of enemies. Yeah. They're like they're constantly falling out with people, pandas. Or a panda with like very high standards. Like what? Her. <laughs> Be serious. Yeah. She wishes. Yeah. 
it's a panda with boundaries. That's what that is. Let the pound let the panda have its boundaries. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think any of this is accurate. I think they're just incels. I think it's there. I think it's the pandas are vol cells. Um, I think you could. I could imagine a gorilla incel, but I could also imagine a gorilla who's a very decent person. I feel like they've, <laughs> they, 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 they've got. You think like, it's, it's a whole singular spectrum. personality? Yeah, I think there's a mm. spectrum of character yeah, right. uh, amongst the amongst the gorilla. Can you imagine peoples. a gorilla MGTOW? What gorillas going their own way? Is yeah, that what that yeah, is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A gig 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 tow. Yeah. 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 I, I would uh, I would like to see that. Please uh, please fill in your we, uh, we your, wish, your own, we your wish own the ideas. Gorillas is well, but we don't need. But we don't want them. We don't yeah. want them. We don't need them. We've got our bananas. Mm-hmm. We've got our Donkey Kong arcade machine. Mm-hmm. What more do we need? Yeah, got the fellas. I saw a really good video yesterday of a gorilla um, patting a groundhog. It oh, was yeah. very nice. It oh, liked the groundhog, and it was like very kind of gently stroking it. Mm-hmm. How was the groundhog reacting? Weirdly calmly, considering mm-hmm. that, like, if you're a groundhog and you see a gorilla, you must be like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he thought his days were numbered. Yeah, well, I think it was. It might have been the most terrifying moment of his life. Well, he didn't look know. like he was like frozen or anything. He looked like he was okay. chilling. He looked like he was yeah. chilling. No, no, no. I was, well, I was, I was, I was happy with a. Uh, hmm. A groundhog has never learned with the emotional um, health of both gorilla and groundhog. The groundhogs of a species have never learned to fear gorillas because none of them have seen the Joe Rogan experience. Huh? <laughs> he's always like. <laughs> So one of he's, he's always he's always talking about how, how violent like chimps gorillas and gorillas and, yeah. and like and like how they'll tear you to shreds. And he's because because Joe Rogan is a simpleton. One of his major obsessions is like the strength of chimps and, and gorillas. Yeah, and how, it's like the strength like, of all animals. Really. Yeah, yeah, but like but gorillas have no malevolence. They're very strong. And they'll probably fuck you up if, like, you give they're them a reason strong, but they're to. They're honourable. They're like a samurai. Exactly. They have a code. Chimps mm. have no code. Chimps mm. are chimps yeah, I really, are I don't care. chimps yeah. are malevolent. Like you never yeah. hear of a gorilla snatching someone's face off, but chimps are doing that shit all the time. Yeah, mm. they'll they'll yeah. they'll pull you pull every part of you off. Yeah, they'll they make don't you unrecognisable. Yeah, like, it's horrible. Oi, that's my oi, that's my face. It's not like we, please please hang on to your face. Chimps operate in this area. <laughs> We sound Isn't like Joe, the Joe Rogan experience now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a point. He's got, he's got, got a point. Maybe, yeah. we're, maybe we yeah. should be more worried about the chimps. That maybe was quite a good Rogan, actually. I he think said, he's not, he's like not easy to do. Yeah? Mm, yeah, I've never dialed in a Rogan, but I, I that that was evocative of Rogan for me. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so congratulations. Jack Jack wins the Rogan Voice of the Week Award. <laughs> um. um yeah, so and uh yeah, I think I think probably the zoo. I think it depends mm. what you're doing in the circus. Zoo yeah, zoo's more boring. Circus might enable you to exercise your creative faculties. But like also presumably you are like you are in the circus like as an animal. So like you're mm. so you are there you're as a kind of one ve- foot on a little stool. Yeah, you're like there as a vehicle for the alien performers. It's not like you're gonna be able to do like some like trapeze stuff. Or anything like cool. I do. Yeah. I do like that Jerry says. Um, you know, why not the why not the circus? He'll put you on a train. Mm. You get to see the whole planet. I do. I, lo- I love the train. Yeah. I love that they yeah they put you on it mm. on a train on the to go see the entire alien planet. Yeah. I think it suggests yeah. so much. I, I, I like the idea that it's like this is kind of advanced alien species who are like 
who are kind of not only able to kind of travel to other galaxies, mm. but have the kind of infrastructure to kind of to abduct people and take them back to the planet mm. and put them in put them in zoos. But also, they've just got a little cute little train. That's just how yeah. they travel. They got great rail infrastructure. Yeah, they know yeah. The importance yeah. of it. And this yeah. is why they're so advanced because but of their <laughs> because of their lack of reliance on the private vehicle. As a human in the alien zoo, although you are sort of an animal to them, mm. they're still going to have the relative relationship with you that we do with the animals in the zoo. Where what we want to to see is like the impressive skills of that animal, right? Yeah. So what they're going to do is they want you doing uniquely human stuff like Excel spreadsheets <laughs> or you know like um, what while an juggling. alien like stands over you with a whip. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm go- I'm going zoo. If like if they okay if they're like giving me like look at this guy he's doing PowerPoint. Everyone, all the children are cheering. If they clapping. if they if in the zoo they give me one of those like uh kind of like fruit platforms like they A give fruit platform. like they give to marmosets and pygmy lorises and things of that nature. Um, they're kind of they they hang them from the ceiling. It's a kind of rope thing with a platform on it, and then they can sit on the platform and they kind of chew the fruit off the rope. So right, I want okay. one of those. I want a mm. proper enrichment area with tire swings, podcast mic, podcast mic, big cubes, bean bags, things of that nature. It's like the, the everyone comes down for podcasting time at the human zoo. Yeah, and I want mm. like and I want like other people in chimps. my want other people in my enclosure to to speak to and to tell my theories to. But other I want than like that, a rage room. Just, I've never done one of those. It looks fun. Oh, okay. What's yeah. the ra- what's a rage room? Is that where you like where you like throw you stuff be, around? Yeah, you just like throw teacups around and and smash. I, I, I want to say televisions, but I think that's they, there's no way they'll let you smash a television every single time. No. I think it's mainly just hurling teacups against the wall. Oh, that that's what I'd, I'd do. I'd I'd accept, um, you know, incarceration if I was allowed okay. to do that every day. Okay, so I want an enrichment area. Jack wants a rage room. Milo, what would you like as part of your bargaining? When you're when you're setting up your zoo, oh, that is a good question. Your Milo Zoo. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I also want to be able to um, throw missiles at alien visitors, um, more or less, more or less arbitrarily. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. No, I think that's the right of any zoo. Mm. Uh, oh, and in, I want to like you know, steal their technology and like um, and kind of you know throw it about a bit. It's funny now. Now I'm just laughing at the guy, a guy who like gets sent to prison, but for some reason gets sent to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna serve your sentence at the zoo. Like we'll give you, like it, like it's like a British government like PFI cost cutting <laughs> measure, where to because the they're actually the prisons are too crowded to send you to the zoo. Okay, so that's fine, just as long as you don't put me in with the chimps. Because yeah. I'm not trying to, li- I'm not trying to leave prison with no face. The, the chimps are their own gang. You don't want to fuck with the chimps. I'll take my chances with the lions. Mm. Look, I had to join the white power gang. They were the only people who could protect me from the chimps. Hell. This is um, a, that's like a, a brass eye bit. <laughs> yeah, surely that's a Chris Morris has done that. Yeah, you know, there's a lion loose in Berlin at the minute. She escaped from the zoo. That sounds like that. The first line of a Kate Bush song. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, like, a, there's a magical realist short well, she, story. She, she predicted yeah. it. Or um, maybe sort of Katie Melua. Well, she bu- she bust out of the zoo, she tried to get into Burkheim, they said no, and now she's angry, so she's on a rampage. Mm. Not in those shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the best bit is that, like, because the obviously lion. no one has been able to get a picture of this of this lion just, like, wandering around Berlin. Well, because everyone's um, got those little stickers over their phone camera, <laughs> they don't allow pictures yeah. inside, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so instead they've been uh, the, all the news reports have got this like like kind of stock image of like a lion that just absolutely is wearing the expression of a creature that has just burst out of the zoo it absolutely is it looks so pleased with itself i don't know where they got a stock image of a lion looking so happy with itself but i'm but i i i a stock image for, for every her. occasion yeah mm, there you go yeah, yeah yeah i wonder what the metadata looks like on that like how do you determine whether or not a lion looks happy i i fucking love stock images i mean this is probably a tangent we can't afford to go down no probably not probably i've recently not. become obsessed with a twitter account called great british getty images and it just posts getty images photos of stuff happening in britain in from like the past but like the past sort of like 30 to 40 years and it's just so many pictures of like I, the one that was really making me lose it was a picture of Jeremy Beadle observing a two minute silence for the victims of the seven seven terror attacks. <laughs> but he's just like he's dressed so schlubbily, like and this, and then it looks like he's at like a village fete or something, at which but he's Jeremy like the celebrity. Beadle died by then? No, apparently not. No, B. I think he died uh, more recently than you think. Maybe about like twenty mm, ten. Oh. I remember I successfully predicted the Sun headline, which was, of course, Beadle's not about. That's anyway, good. that's that's your Jeremy Beadle. I presume isn't Jeremy Beadle didn't make it to Australia. Isn't it a shame no, that I'm you gonna, can't no. monetize that particular skill? Um, I'm going to yeah. be trying to decipher all these. Uh, <laughs> all these references. Sort of, yeah, oh, Jeremy, Jeremy Beadle was a he he presented. You've been framed, right? Uh, it was Beadle's about, which was like a hidden camera prank show. Yeah, and but then, but then you've he went framed? on to report to do you've been framed. I'm pretty Maybe. sure. I'm he trying did. to remember because it was ultimately you've been framed was Harry Hill, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was years later. This was like yeah. when I was. That, that this was, was like, like when my I was a, era. When I was a kid, yeah. when I was a kid, it was it was Beadle on you've been framed. I'm sure it of it. Beadle, um, framing people, and... planting a kilo of cocaine in someone's <laughs> car. <laughs> Uh, he was you're, a real going, you're going to zoo, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like chimps, mate. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah that that's who Jeremy Be- that's who Jeremy Beadle was. Actually, yeah, yeah, a, a zoo abolitionist. <laughs> I think it, people people make a lot of jokes about people at the zoo getting their faces torn off by chimps, but it's actually a serious problem. Yeah. You know, we we don't send people to the zoo. We send them there to deprive them of their freedom. The punishment isn't having your face ripped off by a chimp, mm. and I think it's quite important that we... Oh, I <laughs> thought of a discourse to do. Oh, God. I thought of one. I thought mm. of one. This is, a re- this is a real poster, and then throw your phone out the window. Uh, Go on 12-hour flight, yeah. Making fun of the Habsburgs is eugenics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Or, or ableist, you could also no, do. No, 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 no. You've got to say eugenics mm-hmm. to really, really... Ignite mm. some flames, I think. It, it feels like it's criticism of. It feels like it's anti-eugenics to talk to talk about the Habsburgs and how fucked up their little jaws are. No, because you're saying that, like, if they uh, if they had like had a kind of deeper gene pool, then they wouldn't have had the little fucked up jaws. You're like, right. you're still. It's still. It's still. It's still. It's still. I mean, it technically is eugenics, yeah. and that's why it's a good discourse. Mm. Anyway, so that's a real yeah. set. If anyone wants to post that and then just like throw their phone into a nearby body of water, then um, that's absolutely, something yeah. that's something fun that you can do. All right, so this, mm. so so this, so this, so this episode, it starts in an office building, which, according to Costanza, is the best bathroom in Midtown. Okay, um, and. 
the others are all there because they've not only do they go on their little pal errands with each other, but they also go to visit this public toilet. Well, they also which poo is not, together. Yeah. Which is not a public toilet. It is a um, it's a bathroom it's an office, in an office building. Yeah, like but mm. but Costanza has somehow managed to make use of this bathroom. But this also reminds me of the fact because there's this whole thing about how he knows where all mm. the good bathrooms are in the city, and in fact. In the speculative episode that we did a recording of, the 9-11 episode, mm. where Costanza has lost all of his money in the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, yeah, and he had started a startup which rates all the public bathrooms in New York. Isn't, isn't that too early to have lost all your money in the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme 2001? I feel like it was still going strong in 2001. Maybe I'm, I might be thinking of a different speculative episode admittedly yeah maybe uh, yeah no i think you're right i think it was like 2005 yeah that was that was when the, you know people were like i can't believe how much money i've made on this bernie madoff thing well i mean in all fairness it was uh, the this shit what's that out the window the episode yeah. was written in like 2019 yeah. or something so like flattening so the, presumably they weren't like actually you know what i need to make sure that this is historically accurate make sure there are this no inaccuracies this is, you're not talking about an episode that was made. No, 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 no. This was an episode which was written by uh, written by a comedy writer right. called uh, Billy Domino, and we recorded a, a table read of it last yeah. year, a couple of years ago. And it is it is very good. It is very good. It's very. Yeah, it's like fun. they they get it exactly right. They get it exactly right. Um, and this also reminds me of the fact that I once went on a date with someone who told me, um, at some length about how. One of his friends was starting a blog about the different, about how good different office building toilets were in London. And I said, oh, what, like like George Costanza? And he said, who? And I thought, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but he went on and on and on about how his friend, like, would send pictures of himself taking a shit in various office buildings to mm. his to his group chat and I was like this is lovely this is really this is really lovely mm. lovely first date chat um and then he said well you know my friend right and I said uh -huh. yeah I feel like I've I feel like I know too much about your friend to be honest with you at this point he said yeah he's a real porn guy and I said what he's a what he's a real porn guy he's really into porn yeah drives a black cab so on um etc and and I said like, how much porn are you consuming? And also, how much porn are you allowing uh, to kind of enter and seep into your daily kind of social intercourse? Yeah, such that other people such know that about other it. Other people think of you as a porn guy. Bearing in mind that like most people probably consume like a bit of porn. Yeah, like how much know, a soup song. How much are you watching and how much are you discussing watching with other people that leads that leads your friends when describing you to somebody else not to say he's the guy who takes pictures of himself pictures of himself taking his shit in the offices that he tempts in but that he's the porn guy yeah, because his, I his, feel his he's secondary the, character trait I, is, yeah, is I, the porn <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like your your primary character trait is you're the you're the toilet selfie guy, maybe not you're the porn guy. Maybe they're letting him. Uh, he's trying to sort of claw his way out of the porn guy 
yeah, know, maybe, maybe social dungeon that has created himself. There, and they're like, yeah. we're do, doing him a favor yeah. now. When I introduce him, I talk about his other passion, which is shitting. Yeah, because the thing yeah. is, yeah. is that once wonder. you get known as the porn guy, then it's really, really hard to get known as anything else. So maybe that's yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's what it was. You've got to and, come up with something stickier. And I was like, and I was like, you, I oh, want well, you and I clearly aren't getting along, but like your friend sounds great. Can I meet him? Um, and actually, the, uh, this is George. Oh right, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I, that's how me and George met. Real porn guy, yeah, real porn guy takes pictures of himself taking a shit. Yeah, 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 but very artistic, like very black artistic. And white. Oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You know, great lighting. Good, you know, jawline, cheekbones. Annie Liebershitz. having a. There we go. Oh, I don't yeah. care for that. That's awful. That is awful. Diane Arbussy. <laughs> that is also awful. Yeah, and nobody is happy. Any, nobody any is enjoying photographer puns to add to the pile. Jack? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did. I barely know who those two people are, unfortunately. Oh, they're both photographers. It's, it's, pretty, right. it's pretty much as pretty much as simple as that. Lord Lord Litchfield okay. is that a photog- was that was that guy was that his name? There was a lord, wasn't there? A photographer. Yeah, but I can't remember what his name was. No, and then I wasn't sure what the pun would be. Anyway, I was just trying to th- actually think of photographers. That was I was struggling even at that hurdle. Frank uh, Frank Crapper. Well, everyone's a everyone's a photographer now. With the, oh no, the hang phones, on, no, it's Robert. They? It's it was his first name is Robert, not Frank. Frank is somebody else. Frank. Are you thinking of Frank Zappa? No, I'm thinking of Robert Kappa, the okay. war photographer. The D Day. So no, Robert no, but Kappa. I was saying they can. You know, no, I understand. But oh, well, I was, I was saying there was the confusion. No, I was thinking of Frank Capra, the oh, okay. director, not uh, Frank Zappa. Well, there we go. Um, also, kind of a porn guy. Yeah, Frank Zappa. So yeah, absolutely. So George is uh, reviewing toilets. So George is reviewing toilets, and then when he comes out, he has a look at the reception since building. Is like, oh god, she is beautiful. And Jerry said, oh, try your dead fiance story, uh, story on her. And he says, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. It won't work. Um, I love the idea of uh, Jerry, who is remember supposed to be the normal one of this mm. of this friend group. Um, and also somebody who enjoys a kind of, you know, a, ver- a, a varied and frequent dating and sex life. And yeah. every piece of advice he gives his friends is fucking dog shit. Like, can you imagine just going up to this like beautiful woman and saying like, you know, my fiance died. Like, that sounds like a threat. Mm. Or like a absolute, a absolute best. That sounds like some. That sounds like somebody who's like maybe not, not quite. All there. Sounds like the sort of guy who might be running a toilet blog of some kind. It sounds a bit like a toilet blog, guys. What it sounds like, you don't want to sound like a toilet blog guy. Not if you want mm. the ladies to like you. Um, so, next scene, Elaine is saying to Jerry, I think you should give my friend Gillian a call. And Jerry's like, ah. Oh. And then Jer- and Elaine's like, I've got a picture. Elaine really is a glutton for punishment setting up Jerry with her friends because it never ends. Well. I don't know why she does this. Yeah, I was I was wondering the same thing because it's it is so much of a it's like a compulsion. Mm. It's a. Mm. It, it was. It's also. I mean, it kind of popped up everywhere. Does it? We don't really see it as much now. I guess maybe just because the sort of nature of dating has changed. Kind of like the, you know the fundamentals has have really shifted. But I just I remember throughout Seinfeld and throughout stuff like Friends, like people are always setting each other up with everybody. Did this mm. it actually happen this much? I've been set up with people before. Because the problem is, is no one wants to set anyone up because no one wants to be responsible for whatever happens. Mm. Um, <laughs> like not in a kind of like a kind of it's bad, like vouching for someone to join a yeah, gang, right? But, you know, but, they, if but they're can, a police informant, it can come back on you. But I can see from like Elaine's perspective because, um, because it probably makes sense to her if Jerry has to have a girlfriend. It makes sense if it's somebody who already 
already doesn't have an issue with her because she doesn't want to get into the, oh, my male friend has a girlfriend who is weird about him having female friends. So she, so maybe that's, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe she wants a kind of not pre-vetted for him, but pre-vetted for her. Do you think maybe that's is what she, she's up to? Is she still in love with him? Is that is that ever no. has, no, has that no, ever no. popped up? Absolutely not. Right. No. It seems like my first thought was that it's been sort of years since I've seen it. It really seemed like that's the behaviour of someone who is still sort of in love with. You know, I, I, I do see what you mean. There is one point at which they do a kind of a Jerry and Elaine are still in love with each other. Mm. But I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say the context in which it happens. But they, they, they don't, re- apart from like, they, they try and they try and do a kind of friends with benefits thing several, several seasons ago, but they right. don't, there's no real, like, they're it's not. not they're it's not Ross and Rachel. No, 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 no. I think like, like, I think part of it is that Elaine doesn't really learn from her errors. She also likes controlling other people's lives. And there's no better way of doing that than issuing them with a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, a quarter master. Also, it means that she has a kind of, that she's got like several. Or a zookeeper. <laughs> she has like s- several like potential channels and back channels for gossip if mm. he's dating one of her friends. Because if, if he's dating just like some girl, then that's like a black site, right? That's like that's like a full half mm. of the gossip, which she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any access to, and she's got no back channel if he's just meeting girls in, the, in like you know in the coffee shop or whatever. It does. So, it does feel like it, there's a kind of control aspect of it. Yeah. So it is. It's about power. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, mm. with Elaine, everything is about power. Um, the uh, amassing, sustaining, um, consolidating of, of power, and uh, and this is why this is why we admire her. This is just remind me of the time when you. You, uh, you you sort of tried to persuade me to potentially sleep with one of your friends and then sort of just as I was kind of coming around to the idea, you were like, no, no, I've changed my mind. Was I? I don't remember this. Who was I trying to get you to sleep with? Well, I'm not going to say on the podcast. Who? Ages ago. I, wasn't, I, just t- I told you not to sleep with her. No, but that was later. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it in a really abrupt shift like... You'd just she, like she'd just realised something. She'd just gotten some some kind of information. No. Just sort of sort of running down the hallway in slow motion <laughs> to stop it. It was it was quite funny. It was like it's, it's off. It's all off. Don't it, it, we're, we're changing tack. Do not. I'm changing my advice from do to do not. Huh. The one time oh. anyone tried to uh, <laughs> interesting. The one time anyone tried to set me up with someone else, they just started a group. They started the group chat and then. And left it, like they they sort of preempted oh, that. They said like I've got this friend that I think you should meet, mm. and so I thought maybe she would ask me out or something. But then they, she, they this sort of mutual friend started the group chat, and then I had to sort of do what, the, a group chat with your friend and just you and this girl. Yeah, and then and then they oh. left the group chat, and so I was uh, uh, that is chaotic. That is inelegant. Yeah. But then I had to do the, I had to do sort of the heavy lifting. Yeah, I thought I was being. Asked to, you know, maybe like I, I want to be wined and dined. I want to be wooed, mm. but no, mm. I had to be the, I had to be the one who, um, who sort of first set something up, and then before we went on a date, said, "Hey, I actually, I don't think maybe you know this isn't the right time," and we never spoke again. I think she got married recently. We stayed Facebook friends. Oh God, oh. that's a really but, weird thing to do. Yeah, on your friend's it was, behalf. Yeah, it was, it was horrifying. I think, but the, I, it was a, it was the, the, she had the compulsion. She had the. 
I'm going to say I want to set up. Yeah. I'm going to set up two people that I know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I once got set up with someone. It didn't. It didn't end that well. Um, mm. A friend set me up with his friend and neglected to tell me that this friend was not just like a like newly kind of like newly single, like like a week. It had been like wow. a week, uh. and I was like, "Why have you off? Why am I now dealing with with this?" Um, and like my friend was like, mm. "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," but like you know, like he's like he's nice. I thought you'd get on. I was like, "No, but you got to leave it a little bit. This is too. This is too soon because it's also like it's made him into it's made him into a sociopath." Um. Mm. So yeah, he was he was fun. He was fun to deal with. Uh, fantastic um, stuff. Yeah, fantastic stuff, and and also like like. <laughs> You can't trust your male friends not to leave out something really, really significant if they're trying to kind of sell one of their friends to you. Yeah. Um. Like. Yeah. Like they're kind of sort of just, just all describing them and like you say, oh, okay, no, no, he sounds he sounds okay, and then you like and then you like meet them and it's like Skeletor, and you feel like mm. you know what you should have told me that your friend is literally the Dark Lord Skeletor with the skull face and the big purple hood. That is something you should have fucking told me. And he's like, no, 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 I, to I told you. He's very, he's very ambitious, um, yeah. very, sing very single-minded. Uh, very single. Pretty good sense of humour. Um, big, big porn guy. Big porn oh, guy. Porn big guy. porn guy. Um, reasonably solvent. You know, it's like, yeah, but you should have told me that he was Skeletor. Yeah. Um, Have you set me up with Skeletor again? And yeah. Like, and then they're like, no. No. And then, and then from the other room, you hear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what Skeletor sounds like? <laughs> yeah, he has like a weirdly nasal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't doing himself any favors, Skeletor. That, yeah. I'm a big porn guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Skeletor, he was a normal guy until a, until a chimp tore his face off. <laughs> yeah. That he was in jail in the zoo. Unfortunate. Who's Joe Rogan's first ever guest? Yeah. Um, who also didn't like properly Those explain that he is yeah. talking to Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so mm. uh, so yeah, that's that's what happened when I dated Skeletor. Uh, okay. Right. Well. So Elaine. So Elaine, sh time. Elaine shows the picture. So Elaine shows the picture of um, of her hot friend, um, and Costanza is like. <gasps> Okay, now I can use this because I can tell people that this is a picture of my dead fiance, which is a little bit shitty to his actual dead fiance, who was who, hot? who was perfectly hot. She's not Does as he actually hot have as a, he has a yeah, he yeah, has yeah, a real yeah, dead he, he has a real dead fiance. Yeah, I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, um, he has a real dead fiance. I forgot, what, completely forgot about that story point. Yeah. Is it Susan? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Died so, from toxic envelope glue. Yeah, but like Susan is like Susan is very attractive, but she's not like model hot. Like, like, a, whole, like a Tarkovsky <laughs> cast member. Uh, the whole point is um, that's the second Tarkovsky joke of the. I know. Well, it's actually episode. it's in fact it's the same joke. It's the it's same joke about people dying <laughs> so, so more on of a, a set of than just yeah, another, yeah, yeah. than just another kind of you know what you know what oh, no, it's just, time to talk about. I do Tarkovsky. sometimes get on a tear where I'm like let's let's keep referencing it's one thing. Tarkovsky right. hour. Mm. Tarkovsky. That is the uh, podcast where we just talk about Tarkovsky, which is available um, yeah, nice. on our other podcast network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, I can't remember the, what it's called. Uh... <laughs> What's our God, you, podcast you are called? Hungover, aren't you, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I forget what the incel axes of attraction. Axes of attraction. That's what it was. Called. Yeah, the incel podcast. Yeah, yeah, the incel podcast network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also is that real? Has... 
No. Yeah, we also <laughs> no. no, we also host Misogyny Hour. Misogyny Hour, Tarkovsky, um, oh, Chimp yeah. Time. Um, yeah, yeah, Chimp Time's about... horrible. Yeah, well, actually, that, that was originally called Face Off, but we had to change it. We had some complaints. Yeah. <laughs> I was learning more about um, uh, Britain's wonderful creative uh, ecosystem. I'm just learning about Jeremy Beadle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, The late well, hero. The late hero. I think he was okay. He wasn't like, he didn't turn out to be like a danger after he died or anything, did he? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Does, it, doesn't, it do, doesn't look like he wouldn't be. I'm surprised to learn that he isn't, that, yeah. that he wasn't, just looking at these photos. Yeah. Okay. You never can tell with a British celebrity. That's sort of the rule. What was, what was it that he had that had caused his arm thing? His arm he had, thing. He had an yeah, arm he had thing? Oh, oh, like a he had like one like one disabled hand. Oh. One oh. disabled hand is not a good way of putting it. I can't think of how to how to put it. He had like a like it was um it was I don't think he was like I don't think it was a thalidomide thing. Okay. But I don't know what his I don't know what his disability I was. I don't think it was a thalidomide thing. It's a great tip of the iceberg line because <laughs> immediately like imagery is flooding my mind of what what could possibly be up with jeremy beadle's hand you, you've... Okay. i don't know oh, enough no, about going, Beadle. No, okay now i feel like i may be going a little bit insane there's something it's it's called po- poland syndrome poland syndrome oh. never heard of this before in my life oh well like the tabloids used to like make very unchill jokes about yeah, jeremy beadle's hand me. Um, <laughs> Poland syndrome is such a funny name for it. Yeah, it though. sounds like it'd be something in like a Charlie Kaufman or something. <laughs> you know, like or, yeah. or like a or like a Don DeLillo, You know, there's yeah. a, the, the rare sort mm. of Poland. You know, maybe she got like like Jesse Plemons saying, "I've got Poland syndrome." Yeah, or just like in just a very kind of like red toned room. Yeah, <laughs> some, some very nineteenth century British doctors going, "Why look at this deformity? He he looks Polish." <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't know what Poland syndrome is, but yeah, like uh, yeah, um, they were very uncool about it, if I remember. Yeah, the British tabloids. The British press. tabloids being being mysteriously cruel about something which she cannot help. Oh, what a, what a surprise! It's shocking. Um, yeah, no, no, I don't. I know mean, to be fair, syndrome. that Jeremy Beadle page three shoot was weird. Um, <laughs> maybe Poland syndrome is like is like a kind of form of polio, but they're just like we're not calling it that. That sounds Italian. Call it something else. Mm. Polio is what the Italians call polo. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And and Poland, in fact. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all on. <laughs> it's confusing. They were all the, all the Polish, they're on horseback eating mints. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, okay. so. Um, um, yes. <laughs> good. Um, so, Costanza uh, um, correctly identifies um, a very, very, a very important socio-cultural point which is that hot women aren't interested in men per se they are interested in the guidance and vouching of other hot women and this is something we see again and again and again once you have one hot girlfriend you can get other hot girlfriends uh everyone says that pete da- the reason pete davison is so successful with women is because oh he's goofy and he texts back no 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 it's because one brave pioneering hot girl put on her like her like hiking gear and rolled up her tent and put together her kind of arctic exploration instruments and she struck out 
into the frozen wastes in order to seek out whether or not Pete Davidson had good dick. It's pretty funny. It was Ariana Grande as well. It was Ariana Grande. Mm. It was Ariana yeah, Grande. Like, Brave Ariana Grande. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of, of all the people, it's not like he sort of worked up to, no. you know, one of the most famous people on the planet. But like I said, she is like, Ari- Ariana is a pussy pioneer. She takes chances that other people would not take. She, like I said, she's got her perfect kind of polished instruments. She's got her kind of bedroll. Pussy pioneer she's is got- actually another podcast on the Axis <laughs> yeah, of Attraction it, Network. It, it, it is, yeah. Um, she's got her fucking sled. She's got her team of huskies and she is striking out in search of new dick sources. And once she's done it, once mm. she's carved that path out, then other hot girls can eat more easily travel. They don't have to have the sled. They can just walk. Mm. She's, she, she, she's she doing storms a the trenches yeah, and then the kind of auxiliaries yeah. come in. and Exactly. Uh, Ari- you know, Ariana they, they is, is the bravest hot girl of them all. She's like a dick paratrooper. She is running, she is running, over, she is running over the top. She is like, she's running through no man's land. Uh, she's, you know, she's getting all kinds of, all kinds of medals for her, for her outstanding bravery in, Very uh, short in as the well. field of four conflict. Foot, yeah, she's like tiny. Like four foot nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's oh, wow. tiny, she tiny, tiny. I knew no, she was. No, no, she's, yeah. like she's, like, she's like four eleven, but she's under five yeah, foot. Yeah, right. She's a tiny, tiny girly. Four eleven it get. I always used to think that, like, because like occasionally on, on Hinge or whatever, you'd have a woman crop up whose height was like four eleven mm. or four foot ten, and you'd be like, I could um, keep her right in my little pocket. Yeah, like like I'd be like, I was like fascinated, but I was like, no, I can't. You know who else is four <clears> eleven? Who? Shakira. 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 Tiny Shakira. That, that measuring tape don't lie. Her hips. Her hips don't lie. Her hips are actually and neither wider. Neither does her height. She, is. <laughs> she really doesn't. She really doesn't look it. No, she's tiny. She yeah. looks like a. She looks like a regular human. She's like well proportioned. Uh huh. Yeah. Like if you're four eleven, like, you're a regular human. Yeah, well, you you're know, just that's, a just a petite one. I mean, my nan is four foot seven, and it is pretty spooky. Yeah, well, I mean, like four, like I, you she know, looks I'm like, like kind a of, really old child. I'm kind of, you know, sort of stomping tiny, around, tiny being tiny like, oh, four eleven, that's tiny. It's not that much smaller than me, four eleven. Mm. I think like, my, what, my, I'm th- that's like three inches taller, like short, yeah. smaller than me. It's really not. But, that. Uh, but three inches is the difference between a guy who's six foot and a guy who's five nine, which that's is quite a noticeable. True, that's true, and it's very like you know that you know the kind of you know the the, the, the picture of, like with the troll and the little guy like who's about to kind of throw the rock at the troll. Um, mm. That's like yeah, a man who is six foot and a man who is five eleven. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah. anyway. The episode is uh, fine. The, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, Costanza is like, if I can go around showing this hot, this like hot girl, like not only, um, not only will like women feel sorry for me because my fiance died, but also they'll be like, ah, oh, he's already been in the hot girl, in the hot girl the clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah. So he show, So he goes to this office and like drops the picture on her desk and instead of being like this is weird this is a weird thing to do she is bang into it and he Mm. and she takes him to uh to a club full of models which used to be in the meat in the meatpacking district in the meatpacking district Mm. meanwhile jerry has gone on a date with this woman turns out she's got hands like a man it's cheap it's unpleasant it is a misstep let's let's blow over it and elaine Mm. meanwhile is hanging out with Kevin, who is the guy who gave, who had a vasectomy for her last episode. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't feel like this is going anywhere, but like, how yeah. about we be friends? And then it turns out that he has uh, 
that he has a bizarro friendship group. He has a George, he has a Kramer, he has a Newman who he likes, which is a fun little, there's a fun little sight gag when he, when you think he's going to say like, oh God. And then it turns out that it's just because he likes it and he's saying it and he's saying it in a nice way. Uh, and uh, this is when Jerry uh, posits the idea of the bizarro world. And this is a little, this is a little kind of sight gag, which is, then uh, made use of in Shaun of the Dead. It's yeah. a little callback. It's a little callback to this scene, I believe. Mm. Um, and Elaine is like saying, like, but these people, they're nice. They read. They come. They go to museums with me. They're good people. Um, yeah, they go to the zoo. And Costanza, meanwhile, has accidentally left the photo under a hairdryer and it's melted. So he doesn't have a photo to take with him as his like passport. What an oddly specific way to destroy a photograph. Oddly specific, but it does work. Um, And he has made the error, because he is a Shakespearean hero, he has made the error Mm. of already dumping the hot receptionist um, Mm. because he thinks, oh, well, now I'm like, now I'm through the gate. I can, you know. I can get any women in the Forbidden City that I want. Ah, uh, yes. Um, foolish, classic, foolish hubris. Classic male classic hubris. Costanzel yeah. hubris. Um, Costanzel hubris. Yeah, it's another like, another seri- another and another network, and also yeah. another serious genetic condition, which I will thank you not to laugh mm. at. Yeah, um, yeah. Very prevalent in Poland. <laughs> what? Because the they don't have the hubris. MMR vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. Um, do they probably do? They probably have the other. No, no. I I would expect that Poland's uh, m- medical kind of precautions are, are broadly in line with the rest of the European Union. Didn't we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about the I was MMR last with that. episode? It was quite dry, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, because yeah. we talked about your immunity to mumps. about my immunity to mumps. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so that's that. Yeah, Phoebe's an ascended being. Jack. I am an ascended oh, right. being. Uh, she's inherently immune to mumps. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's, Measles and rubella could still get her. Could still, mumps. could still get me, but mumps is not getting me. I'm not getting no hamster cheeks, baby. No, I'm not. You should join MI5 or something. I reckon mm. they could use someone like you. And what? What? Send me into kind of mumps infected M- areas. Mumps, I5. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. She's like, she's really, really bad at keeping secrets. She's got a very loud voice, but she's not going to get mumps if we send her in there. Um, also, if you say, "Are oh, you a spy?" She'll be like, "Yeah." Um, but otherwise, <laughs> it's, it's very like um, uh, you know when they have to make up a fake country for a Call of Duty game. What is like m- Mumpsistan? Everyone has mumps there. Mumpsistan. Soap. We're being sent to Mumpsistan. You, I think when you call it kind of the, the, the Mumps Islands or something, Mumpsistan yeah. doesn't work. They're building a no, bio really, weapon to give everyone. Unfortunately, mumps. It's always, it always has to be a, a stand in the. It does for mm. this for for this purpose, but also mumps are we need, weird. We need someone who's who's naturally immune to mumps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Good. I'm really glad that you um extended the joke out to its natural conclusion because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like you probably could fill in the rest of the if you had a mind to. Uh, yeah. And uh, so there's this great bit where Elaine is like in the middle of the road and the two groups are advancing towards her, mm. and Jerry is saying like, "You set me up this woman. She got man hands." Um. Costanza is saying is saying like I need another picture of your friend. I need the I need the passport into the Forbidden City. Kramer, who meanwhile in the office building has accidentally been dragged into a meeting. Everyone assumes that he works there, and he just starts living like a kind of like like a, like a, like a businessman. There's some mm-hmm. fun stuff about uh, 
about Jerry becoming like this kind of neglected wife and uh and before Kramer like goes off to work Jerry's like what where are you going what's in that briefcase and Kramer's mm. like crackers um right and uh that yeah there's a bit where Kramer comes home and he's like I've got to finish these reports and Jerry's like well I made dinner where were you and it's yeah it's fun mm. it's a fun fun cute thing and and Kramer's sort of saying I'm so busy at work and then the new ones on the other side are sort of saying, Elaine, come with us, come with us. And Elaine's like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit around your apartment discussing every single little bit of every single day. Uh, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'll see you. Mm. Um, and Kramer, Kramer then submits his reports at work. The boss says, do you know anything about business at all? This is like nonsense. And he said, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, you know, I mean, I was trying to kind of, I was trying to get ahead. And the boss says, well, we're going to have to let you go. And Kramer says, but I don't work here. And the boss says, yes, I mean, that's what makes it, that's what makes it so difficult. Um, it does turn out we get a little, a uh, little bit of um, snapshots into Kramer's inner life hour. He turns out he mm. can fix a photocopier. So add that to your uh, list of surprise Kramer characteristics. He can fix a photocopier. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and Elaine goes off with the new, with the new guys. Uh, Kevin always leaves his door locked so when his Kramer character mm. knocks on the door he keeps having to say that he is his neighbour from across the hall because he doesn't automatically recognise him and there's a lovely bit of um, okay we, uh, we now move on to um, Elaine's snacking corner something which I know is of mm. um, sexual interest to my co-host right, um, right. she takes a jar of olives out of the fridge and she's kind of going ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't find this very affecting because I hate olives. Yeah, but you would, but you know, still, still. Um, and... yeah, every now and then, I'll get fooled into eating an olive, and I because I think, how bad can it be? I I eat products that contain olive, you know, like olive oil, for example, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I eat an olive, and I'm like, God, yeah, what a what a horrendous. I love olives. Experience. I'm a big olive head. What, Jack? Olives? Oh, like a salty I mean, grape. Why, N? <laughs> I, I was on the fence for a long time. I, was, I hated them as a kid, but then I had, I had the right olives. It just took the right one, you know? Mm, interesting. When my mum was when my mum was a kid, they had this um, they had this neighbour whose name was Olive, and she was like she was known to be the kind of the local kind of, the local brass, and she was also divorced, and this was like nobody else was divorced, nobody knew anyone who was divorced. It was right, a whole yeah. thing, um, but her parents had all had brought her up to be extremely polite, and when uh, they when she had these new what neighbors, a fascinating detail. Well, no, it's important. It's no, I, I'm gathering why I'm fascinated. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like saying clear. Jeremy Beadle, whilst not exactly thalidomide. Again, it's a very like tip of the iceberg. <laughs> like, um, And this American family moved in and invited my mum round for tea and said to her, do you like olives? Because like in the kind of 1950s in, in London, like olives were not like a big thing. Like, mm. it, like unless you were like a member of like either kind of the Greek or Italian diaspora, you weren't a big, weren't a big olive head. Mm, um, no. And uh, this American, this American mother a said- big olive head, that's Poland syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The American mother said, do you like olives? And my mother misheard and thought she said, do you like olive? And because she was told not, to, she'd been brought up not to say anything bad about anyone, um, unless they happen to be a Nazi. Um, hmm. She said, oh, yes, I do. I like, I like, I like olive very much. And so hmm. she got given this dish of olives. 
And she she hated them because she was like six years old. She's like a six year old English kid who'd like never eaten olives. So she was like, "This is this is horrible. I hate this so much." Um, so yeah, that's and then why. and then after that she hated olive. And after that she hated olive as well because she uh, her blamed her for the olive fiasco. Um, mm. But my mum likes olives now, so mm. so there you go. Um, yeah, I thought maybe I'd go into them, but I just never have. I just still still despise them. Well, anyway, Elaine likes them. And you should mm. pretend to like them in order to make her happy um, right, because yeah. she likes to have the power. And so she's eating the, the olives and Kevin says, what are you doing? And, and she says, "Like oh, I'm eating olives. And he says, what, you've ever heard of asking? And she thinks that's oh, that's weird. And then mm. he tells that, she's got, that he's got her tickets to the Bolshoi and she goes, oh, get out. Mm. And she pushes him over like she does. And mm. the rest of them go, what the hell? What? Why did you do that? What? What's wrong with you? Why did you That's push him insult. over? Um, and then she realizes that she's been institutionalized. She has to go back to Jerry and the others because she has no. She's mm. like she's she is the she lion. She can't survive in the world. She's she is born the in lion of the Berlin Zoo. She can't like she like she can like roam around Berlin for a couple of days, but fundamentally. She's got to go back to her enclosure. In fact, the, with her enrichment stuff all around her and being fed, she can't hunt. The news are using a picture of a more attractive lion. They're trying to fuck lions who are out of their league. Yeah, that's what's going yeah, on there. That's, that's why that's they're using a stock. <laughs> that's what's happening. I get the uh, I get the feeling that Elaine is really um, she's just used to one kind of neurodivergent group, and now yeah. she's gone to spend time with the other kind of neurodivergent yeah. group. Yeah, like the board a, games type. Yeah. See, I think it is a mistake to assume that Elaine herself is not neurodivergent. Mm. Because it presents differently in women in the way in to how it presents in men. And I think I think Elaine is. I think Elaine is In women it presents in a number so. of ways, such as uh, being hot, a uh, lust for <laughs> olives. Lust for olives. Um uh like really, really keen on like quite on like sets of rules. And like a kind of prescriptive ways of behaving, and quite often getting into a situation where she, where she breaks somebody else's more unspoken and arbitrary rules, and getting into difficulty as a result. Mm. That's my that's my diagnosis. Uh, you heard it heard it here first. Uh, and then we have two little kind of bits, sort of bits on the end. Uh, one where, um, well, Costanza tries to go back to the club, and he there's a horrible bit where he. Um, he's cut out mm. a picture of a magazine and is pretending it's his fiance, and he shows it to the girl whose picture it is. And she's like, where did you get this? That's a picture of me. And so he gets chucked out. And then in another scene, you see that the that, that it has gone back to being a meatpacking plant. And it mm. is genuinely a, a little bit of unusual magical realism there that it is truly a yeah. kind of liminal I was, I was struck by that like was, liminal hot girl yeah. space <laughs> mm. I was also I was really caught off guard by how much sort of the money they were willing to spend for a sort of you know 10 second sight gag basically of just yeah. these huge kind of hanging uh yeah huge hanging things of meat yeah it was yeah. It was, mm. it was it's kind of like it's a really like visceral sort yeah. of leaving point and then he what and then they step on the as yeah. they're walking out, like in the sawdust. There's the on crumpled, the picture, um, yeah, the crumpled, crumpled picture, the crumpled picture. It's, it's, so it's beautiful. It is the liminal space. It mm. is a space between two worlds. If you have the passport to the hot girl kingdom, that yeah. that's what you see. If otherwise, not, it's meat. just it's just it's just a meat packing plant. Um, otherwise, you're packing meat. Another podcast in 
the network. Yeah. Um, it's more obscene that one. That's a non-safe, not safe for work uh, yeah. show. It's a show for porn guys. <laughs> Otherwise, your packing meat would be a good name for a porn podcast. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know like, why you want is, a porn podcast. And the podcast. rest is history. It's like, and otherwise, you're packing meat. Otherwise, you're packing meat. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end, we're like, keep packing. Keep, yeah, keep on, keep on packing, baby. Could that be a Jerry? The name of a Jeremy Beadle show? That, what, that keep on like packing, a... baby. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep or. Otherwise, you're packing or something. Otherwise, you're packing. That, that's that. I feel that's more American. That feels more like a kind right. of um, Jeremy Beadle's show about the fudge industry was short-lived due to a number of <laughs> Ofcom complaints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you like, despite being very well-intentioned, it did have unfortunate implications. <laughs> and then we have an end of credit scene where yeah. uh, we return to the Bizarro, uh, Bizarro Jerry and his friends, and. The Bizarro Costanza says, um, oh, I just found out that the uh, payphone in my building uh, uh, lets you make long-distance calls for free. Mm. And uh, the others say, well, what did you do? And he says, I reported it to the building administration. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's it. And there we go. That was the episode. That was the episode of Seinfeld. A, I think, very good episode. Uh, it is a sh- it's a shame. There's a there's a there's a really stupid bit about about Jerry trying to like trying to get another photo for George um, because George says that he'll take him to the hot girl liminal space um, and she kind of like grabs his wrist and in the next scene he's wearing like a wrist bandage. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's very it's very Farrelly Brothers. It's a Farrelly intrusion into a Kaufman, and it's not something I care for. A Farrelly intrusion. That's that's also a bit like Poland syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's re- that's really serious. You don't want uh, one of those. The patient was presenting with a Farrelly intrusion <laughs> about uh, four centimeters in length. Exactly. Mm. Anyway, that was the episode. That was the episode. Yeah. 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 It remains only. <laughs> yeah, for us to thank Jack very much for joining us. I'm uh, I'm I'm honoured to have been here and have learned so much about your wonderful uh, culture. We do well, have a wonderful we, culture. We do love to please where we, we can. Do, do love, um, uh, love is, is there anything that you would like to plug to the loyal hogs of this show? Well, uh, nothing much at the moment. You can uh, I've got a uh, an ongoing fiction project uh, called Small Town Grievances, um, mm. which is mostly available through my Twitter. Um, or at uh, tinyletter.com slash jackvenning because Twitter's mm. kind of not not the sort of place that you can promote stuff on anymore unless you want to, you know, do the unthinkable and uh, start subscribing. And yeah, I don't no. think I can do that. I don't yeah. think I could. No, no, no. I couldn't survive that. I think I'd do it if no one would know. Yeah. If like, yeah. no one could ever know. If it was secret. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the stick in the fucking target on your account, the fucking... This di- this dickhead pay to use mm. public utility. Um, mm, that's right. Yeah. Thames Water need to stop sending me those letters. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Rush. Rush over to uh, Jack's Twitter and Tiny Ladder to check that out. Um, and if you're if you're listening to this, uh, it's a free one. It is. A free- <laughs> it's a free one. Yeah. Free if you're listening one. to this, so we won't be thanking you for being a Patreon subscriber, but we could be. We could be. If you become a Patreon subscriber, you see how I wrap that around. Yeah. Beautiful. So if you would like to experience thanks from me and Phoebe, 
you can sign up you know the lowest tier package starts at three dollars a month where you get the standard bonus episodes five dollars a month gets you the discord and the movie corner which soon will be the three musketeers yes and um ten dollars gets you the what's the deal miniseries it does it does it does can't say fairer Mm-hmm. Is that is that is it three British pounds or are we talking American dollars? It's American three American dollars. dollars. It's mm. so cheap. We're yeah. It's basically it's... minus pounds at this point. Yeah, right. Mm. That's the international currency, isn't it? Yeah. The old American dollary do. American um, dollary do. So we will see you all very soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.